Welcome to the inner room, a space where we ponder the inner movements of our heart to find God by finding examples and instructions in daily scripture readings. The emotions in our hearts can help us or hinder us in our spiritual journey. Open your heart, explore your emotions, and align thoughts and emotions with God's plans for you. When we learn to feel and align our emotions, we advance in our prayer life by loving more deeply, remaining in peace more often, and finding courage for the journey of life. My name is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and a big shout out to my son Marco Niño, producer of this podcast. Sit back or walk with us. You are most welcome here. Christmas is a family time, and not everybody is lucky to have a family that is loving, nurturing, caring. Some people are born in families where none of those words apply, and they have to find other human beings in their circle that are going to take the place of the protector, the guider, the nurturer. And for those of us that are lucky to have a family that has loved us and nurtured us, we come to the Christmas season and the beginning of the new year with a sense of nostalgia for the years past and the desire to relive the scents, the songs, the atmosphere of joy that fills the days before, during, and after Christmas. We celebrate the Feast of the Holy Family as part of one of these moments of the church's path where we honor that Jesus chose to come into a family and that it was not a usual family that Mary would have news of being pregnant at a time when not having a husband meant she could be stoned. He's not going to come into a family where everything is perfect, but he's going to come into a family where things have to be worked out. Joseph has to look for his own place within the scheme of things. He had his own dream. He has to give up his dream and sign on to God's dream and listen to the voices of the angels to decide what his path is. He has to let go of the desires of his own heart of whatever he determined that happiness was in order to decide according to the way God wants him to decide. Our emotions are not going to be the guiding principle for our happiness. If we follow them, we will not be listening to the will of God. Emotions are simply an emergency system that gives us notices for what is happening internally, but they need to be interpreted and they need to be aligned. If we just simply follow what we feel, we achieve a very instinctual, animalistic set of decisions because we are going to tend to want to go towards pleasure and we're going to try to avoid pain. In order to get outside of that conundrum of our minds that basically are very animalistic, we have to have a vertical dimension to our humanity that looks at how God would look at it. And our decisions then are not based on emotions, but they are based on what does God want us to do. And that doesn't always mean that we're going to like the path we have to take the next step. And that is Joseph. 
How could he possibly think that it was a good idea to take Mary on? There must have been so much gossip. There must have been so much pointing of the finger. There must have been so many moments where he didn't really know how to navigate what other people were saying. Or the idea that these angelic being that talks to him in his dreams is telling him the Lord has a plan for this baby that is coming. Where is his plan? Where is Joseph's plan in this, right? He has to let go of his dream and sign on to God's dream. In the first reading, as we look at this feast of the Holy Family of Sirach in chapter 3, we have guidance from the divine perspective. God sets a father in honor over his children, a mother's authority he confirms over her sons. Whoever honors his father atones for sins and preserves himself from them. When he prays, he's heard. He stores up riches who reveres his mother. Whoever honors his father is gladdened by children. And when he prays, he's heard. Whoever reveres his father will live a long life. He who obeys his father brings comfort to his mother. There is a lot of that that can seem contrary to what happiness would be, especially if you have a father or a mother that hasn't really taken care of you in ways that you needed. So these precepts that we hear about divine alignment happen for our benefit. We don't treat others well because they deserve it. We treat others well because it is the right thing to do. But for that, we often have to grow up and mature and get counseling because the circumstances of our maturing and our growing up are such that we are little when we're making internal decisions about what we want to do or not do. And at some point we have to revisit them. And so I highly recommend therapy as a way of having somebody navigate with you in that internal world of emotions that are going to um, come up whenever we are accepting a maturity process. These readings from Sirach are very helpful. I invite you to take a look, open it up. It's one of the books that are going to give us wisdom, like Proverbs, right? The psalm for the day is 128. Blessed are those who fear the Lord and walk in his ways. And again, fear is not like the one of the six emergency emotions. Fear is one of those, but more the fear of all being in the presence of the Lord and walking in his ways and being afraid to fall off because we know that when that happens, we have consequences for our lives. Whenever we don't follow the precepts of the Lord, our fruitfulness diminishes and we encounter the world of darkness and then we have to come out of that. So the fear of not walking in the light, not walking in friendship with God, turning away from what we know is the best path for our lives. It is beautiful to come to the gospel reading where we take a peek at, chi- at Jesus's childhood. And I've mentioned this before in the gospel of St. Luke, that we know Mary and Luke must have sat down and she revealed to him the things that she kept in her heart. We heard that when she listens to the words of the shepherds in the reading from yesterday. And today we hear that Mary says the same thing. She's keeping all of these things in her heart as they lose Jesus in the caravan 
and they have to retrace their, their steps back to find them. They look amongst relatives and acquaintances and not, and they don't find them. And we find this one peak of Jesus's childhood when he's 12, right before he becomes a teenager. And he has a sense of full certainty of who he is already. And the parents are desperate. They don't know what is going on. And they admit having great anxiety. Mary and Joseph, who are so holy and chosen for such a job as to take care of the Son of God, the Son of God himself is going to call them mom and dad. And they are filled with anxiety. Doesn't that make you feel relieved that in the midst of our own life, feeling anxiety is going to be normal? And what do we do when we feel anxiety? Well, naming our emotions is very important and helpful. The scientists say that as soon as we name our emotion, its effect on our brain is diminished by about 50%, meaning that the adrenaline starts kicking and the testosterone and all of these internal mechanisms set in to help us, to protect us, to defend us. And when we name our emotion, our brain begins to relax because we've taken matters into a place of decision-making, okay? I am feeling desperate. I am feeling elated. Naming our emotions creates emotional intelligence. Is the first step in being able to become emotionally intelligent. Then once we've assessed what we have, we can ask ourselves, why am I feeling this? Well, Mary and Joseph are feeling anxious because they can't find Jesus. And because they're walking in the temple area where there's a lot of people and there he is. And they don't understand why has this happened. So uncertainty will bring a state of anxiety. And so once we've named our emotion, we found what it is that is causing it. The next step is trying to identify some things that can be done to ameliorate, to diminish, to lessen what is happening, getting help, asking others in what way we can improve the situation, knowing that we're not alone. I tell my children that they should always have at least three to five adults that they can count on, that they can call for advice, for counsel, to bounce ideas, so that they have a multiplicity of perspectives. And that doesn't stop just for children. It is something important to have for the rest of our lives. One of the things that I find very, very valuable as a Catholic is having confessors, because you can go to confession and have these in-depth conversations about the heart, about places in which we realize that we sin and we need to change our ways. And I have received such a wonderful direction and advice and counsel and forgiveness. Ultimately, that is the most beautiful thing, that Jesus can touch us through that sacrament, through that moment where we can hear your sins are forgiven, which was what Jesus instructed to say at the Last Supper. Whatever you tie on earth is tied. Whatever you want, you loosen on earth is loosened. He says this to the apostles, the first priests, right? And so this is an amazing thing that we have, the ability to receive forgiveness throughout the years. And Mary and Joseph show us that being anxious is going to be part of being a human, even when you're chosen to deliver something so incredible as part of this salvation package of making sure that this child was able to walk into the chosen years where he was going to walk 
in fulfillment of all the prophecies. So friends, let us go to the throne and say, Father Almighty, open our hearts to listen to the words of your Son. We come with thanksgiving to your throne to ask that you guide us in this season, in this new year, that you allow us to hear your voice, Father, that you attune our hearts so that we can choose as you choose, that you can lessen our anxieties, that you can guide us through other counselors, through people that can come and show us the way, that we may align the happiness of our life to the happiness that you've written for us in your book of life, and that we may be open to receive your grace and your glory. And we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hello, this is Sofia Fonseca de Niño, and I welcome you to this inner room. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under the inner room, Emotions in the Bible. And we would love to hear your questions, your ideas, or your comments. Thank you for joining us today.